What's up, Crossroads fam? Glad you're here with us. This is Kenny, and we're getting into our third step in the five steps to be a successful Christian. Uh, our first step, of course, was you got to be one. Our second step is you got to know God. And our third step tonight takes us back almost to a message series we did a while back uh, with Committed. But tonight, we're just looking at the word commit. What does it mean to commit? What are the things that you commit yourself to? And where does God fit into that? Three different places we're going to look tonight. Glad you're here with us. Hope you enjoy the podcast. And as always, welcome to Crossroads. Come be a part of it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway, tonight, of course, we are, we are in our series of taking the steps. And we're looking at five steps it takes to become a successful Christian. And, of course, we started with step Yes, because that's where you have to start. Step one, of course, is you got to be a Christian. We looked at different things, different characteristics of what Christians are. Then our second step, anybody remember what our second step was? It took us two weeks to get it. Two. Two. Thank you. (laughs) Our next step is two. (laughs) Anybody remember what it was? Man, that's great. Thank you. It's to know God. I am so glad y'all are, y'all are so, this is soaking in. Our second thing, if we're going to be a follower of Christ, if we're going to be successful in Christ, we got to know who God is. And that's why it took us two weeks, because we looked at the different attributes of what God is. And as we did that, we talked about the importance of us building that relationship with God. And tonight, we're starting on the third step. I'll fill that one in for you, Cole. I don't even have to ask. So our, the next step is step number three. And this is a big step. Every step is a big step. You don't get an opportunity to skip steps when you're going to success. You've got to take each individual step. If you are training for something, you can't skip certain things. If you want to be a top athlete, you can't skip certain things. If you're wanting to make good grades, you can't skip certain things. You have to go through all the steps. Uh, I was talking with someone earlier talking about my wife in a good way. Uh, My wife graduated from high school a year early. And so, you know, she missed out on some, I guess. I don't know. But she graduated a year early. And she skipped some of the edumacation, I guess. I don't. <laughs> don't believe it. She can't tell you left and right, east and west. So she skipped Direction Day. But, <laughs> but in life, we don't get to skip steps. And if we want to be a successful Christian, we're not going to be able to skip. We've got to take each step because each step builds us to the next one. And the next step, of course, step three, is going to sound like something we talked about several months ago. We did a series about Committed, the group from Committed. We took the different songs that they did. But tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the word commit. And we're going to see that our third step in becoming a successful Christian is to actually commit. We've got to commit to God. Now, I want to ask you, and I need volunteers to answer, what is something you're committed to? And I don't want you to give me a Sunday school answer. Jesus. We'll get into that in a second. But something you're committed to. Yes, ma'am. Cheerleaders. Yeah. College cheerleaders. Gone, girls. <laughs> Y'all still do happy hands, spirit fingers? No. <laughs> Kenny, no one ever did that. In my world, they did. Go. Uh, so anyway, cheerleaders, somebody else, something you're committed to. Grades. Grades. It's pointless. I mean, no, good. Yes, grades. I never was committed to that. I, mean, I was committed to every letter. I just want to make sure none of them fell left out. Anybody else, something you're committed to? Football. Football. Yeah. Family. Family. Who said that? Good answer. Liar. I mean, no, that's good. That's good. We all have things that we're committed to. Some of us are committed to, you know, whatever it is. And it's the things we commit to are the things that really 
means something to us, something that's special to us. And for many of you sitting here, I will say this, you are committed to God. I believe 100% that there are many of you sitting here is committed to God, but you're afraid to say that because you're afraid somebody's going to look at you and go, <laughs> hear from me. All eyes right here. I am committed to God as much as I can. I give Him everything I've got, and I fail Him every day. I want you to understand that being committed does not mean you're perfect. Don't ever get in your mind that just because you make a mistake, you can't consider yourself fully committed to God. Now, if you choose to continually make the same mistake, then obviously we've got some issues. But to be committed to something doesn't mean that that's, everything's perfect in that area. If you're committed to grades, I have no idea what kind of grades you people make. But I would probably say not every person in here has made perfect scores on everything they've ever done. At some point, they might have made a 99. So does that mean you're not committed? No, it doesn't mean you're not committed. It just means that there's work to be done. Brian's committed to his family. Brian, have there ever been times that you've made a mistake in being a father or a husband? Doesn't mean you're not committed. <laughs> It's a good thing your wife's over there, man. Rawr! Yeah. And tonight you'll hear another mistake. Let me tell you something, woman. We're going to the wrestling match. Anyway, um, we make mistakes, but that doesn't mean we're not committed. It means that we make mistakes. And here's the beautiful thing about God. He knows. He knows you're going to screw up. He created you. He understands. But he loves you so much, he doesn't want you to stay in that mistake. So when we talk about being committed, of course, this year we're looking at the five. And here you go. You're going, oh, here it comes again. Yes, the five's important. I want you here for the five times that we meet during the week. But what I want you to understand is that that is five hours out of your 168. So there's 163 more hours in this week. Yes. So obviously, this is just a small portion of what your commitment should be. So what we're wanting to do tonight is look at the other times of our life and find out where our commitment level to God is. Because I believe there's not a person here that would say that they don't want to be committed to God. But a lot of times life gets in the way. And it's terrible to say it that way, but a lot of times life takes our eyes off of where we're supposed to be. Uh, started, Barrett started learning how to drive. He started driving the beast. It's six speed. We've got to three of them so far, so it's good. And so as he's driving the other day, we're going down the dirt road because that's where we live because we're country. And we're driving down this dirt road and he says, hey, there's that mailbox my mama's hit. And as he's talking about the mailbox, he's looked at the road. And he goes, hey, there's that mailbox mom about hit. And I was like, because we just paid the beast off. I mean, I don't need it tow up, right? And so I'm like, hey, uh, keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> and I wet my pants just a little. And so, you know, that's the thing. Our focus a lot of times gets distracted. It, it, there's something else that runs in front of us. Uh, last night, I was coming home from being at the Easterling's house. And as I'm coming home, I'm getting close to the dirt road because, again, we're country. And as I get close to it, something out of the corner of my eye just goes, I don't know if it was like a Yeti. A, you know, I'm not sure what it was. It was little, so it was a baby Yeti. It was whitish. So it could have been a possum because they're white, gray. It could have been a cat. Could have been a cat. Found one on the side of the road up here. It was taking a nap. <laughs> no, was... So, um... Kenny is terrible. He's going to burn in hell for that. God created cats, too. I love cats. Amy's loving it. She's like, yeah, kill them. So anyway, 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 anyway. 
I got distracted because something flashed in the corner of my eye. Now, I've been driving for a couple years, and I understand the importance of focusing. And when you live out in the country the way we do, there are deer that run everywhere. Or if you're good enough country, there's deers that run everywhere. And so as I'm driving, the first thing I think is deer, and then I realize it's a big deer. So it's obviously not a deer. It's a cat or a polecat or a skunk or whatever. Uh, a minion. <laughs> they're, they're yellow. Anyway, it distracted me. And I've got music blasting, and I'm waking up the neighborhood, I'm sure. And as I drive, that thing comes flying. I don't think I hit it. I'm not really sure. But it distracted me. The next thing I know, I look up, and I wasn't close to the mailbox, but I was headed towards a cemetery that's way up on top of a hill, way off the dirt road. And I had to get focused back. And a lot of times in our life, God is sitting there calling for us. And as he's reaching to us, we're reaching to him, and then something grabs our attention, and we go the other way. Staying focused on God, making sure that's the direction we're going, we're headed to, that is what our commitment is. And for us to look into what commitment actually is, we've got to understand that commitment is something that takes our whole heart. When you make that commitment to be married to someone, it's not a half-hearted thing. It's not, well, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, man, I'm going to love you, yeah, but the rest of the week it's mine. No, no, no. A commitment's all the time. When they present you with that child, and you're holding that child, and you're like, ah, a lizard, because every baby looks like a lizard, and you're sitting there looking at it, it's the most beautiful lizard I've ever held. You realize there's a commitment there. And you don't get a break from commitments. Commitments are things that take every bit of who you are. And a lot of times we have a hard time juggling that because our commitments to everything in the world. We're committed to just what you all talked about. I'm committed to cheer. I'm committed to grades. I'm committed to football. I'm committed to my boyfriend. I'm committed to my girlfriend. I'm committed to the insane asylum because y'all are driving me crazy. Right? I'm committed to all these things. But at some point, I've got to find my time to be committed to God. And we're going to look at three different places where our commitments are. Take your Bibles if we would and turn to Psalm chapter 37, verses 5 and 6. And I'm going to try to get you out of here quick, so I'm going to talk really fast. Psalm 37, 5 and 6. Once you get there, say, I'm there. If you ain't there, say, hold up. All right. It's in Psalms. <laughs> Cole is such a help. He said, it's in Psalms. <laughs> Thank you, Cole. It's after Genesis and before Revolution. Revolution. <laughs> Generations to Revolutions. There we go. I know the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, March, April, May. Got it. <laughs> so here we go. Psalm chapter 37, verses 5 and 6. Somebody read that for us. Meet your way to the Lord. Trust Him in all that... And all he will do to mm. him, and he will do this. He will take your righteous reward, shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Thank you. Uh, mine says justice where vindication is, but the power verse that you got, the verse that I'm encouraging you to memorize. Anybody memorize last week? Anyone? Yes, yes, yes. I love it. God's Word is good. So anyway, um, you've got a power verse. It's two verses, but it's very simple. And the thing I want us to focus on, of course, we want you to memorize the whole verse because there's meat in all of that. But the part I want you to really look at right now is says, commit your ways. And so what we've got to do is figure out what our ways are. That's a really, really complicated way of looking at life at times. But we're going to break it down in three different areas because every preacher has three points. Right, Tal? 
I'm not a preacher. I'm just going to wing it. So there's three points that we want to look at. Three parts of our life. We're going to break our life into three different sections. And it's the three ways that we are committing God into these areas of our life. The first one, of course, is our social life. The second one is our... That's not right. Hang on, I've got it here. Our private life. And the third one is our spiritual life. So our social ways, our private ways, and our spiritual ways. When we hear social, what do you think of? Friends, talking. Nobody said media. I honestly thought it would be media. That was, that was the first thing I thought of. Because here's the thing. Uh, years ago, when I was a young whippersnapper, when you heard social, that meant fraternity party. Here's a social. What does that mean? I'm from Clinton. Uh, social, man, it's like the girls dress up and the dudes dress up and we get together and go, ha, oh, ha. Oh. That's what a social was. And then I've got a friend. He, uh, he was in a fancy family. And he came from Jackson, Mississippi. There are fancy folks in Jackson, Mississippi. I didn't know that. And he talked about going to a debutante ball. Any of y'all ever done that? Nope. Any of y'all know what it is? It's where you come out to society. Yes, I don't know what that means. <laughs> come out to society. Hello. Not that kind of come out, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got an edit video, right? So anyway. That Kenny's going to hell. First it's cats, now it's that. I don't know. So anyway, yes, and he talked to me about that. He, he and I lived in the same apartment complex. He lived upstairs, I lived downstairs. And every once in a while we get together and have dinner. And we're sitting there talking one night. He said, oh, I gotta go back home. I said, what is it? He said, oh, there's this girl I know, grew up with her, and she's, she's having a debutante ball. And I was like, oh, what? I've heard of football and baseball and basketball. Can you dribble those? No, you can't. I said, what is that? And he, he gave me that. He said, it's, you come out to society. And I said, what does that mean? They announced you to society. I said, didn't y'all do that when she was born? Got a baby. Well, I can't wait till she turns 19 so we can tell society about her. No. But it was one of them fancy things. And that was a social event. Everyone dressed up. When this dude got married, I was, uh, we were, I was in the wedding. And Jessica and I went to the wedding. And we've been, were we, yeah, we were married. Yeah, we had to be because you went with me and we had to spend a night somewhere and that's a no-no. So anyway, yeah. So we, we drive over to wherever it was where they're getting married. I think they're in Louisiana somewhere. And so we're sitting there and I, y'all know me, I'm country. And we're at this fancy country club. And they're walking around with platters with like beanie weenies on a cracker. And I'm like, what in the world? And Brad Ubi's like, he said, man, these are like hors d'oeuvres. I said, oh, oh, devs, pass the Grey Poupon. And so I'm sitting there just looking at it going, what is that? He said, that's pate. I said, no, that's pate Martin. <laughs> Patty, right? So it's Patty Martin, pate. So, but they, they're giving you all this weird, it's like goose liver. And I was like, who would want that? But we're sitting there and they, well, they get through all the uh, cheers and nobody's drinking, but it's cheers with that weird apple cider stuff. It's bubbly, like it's been out of the refrigerator too long and it's there. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, cheers to whatever they're cheering. And I'm like, yay. And I'm sitting with the rednecks. And we're all just sitting there, what is this crap? Can we just go back to the hotel? And then they said, don't forget, guys, tomorrow you're playing golf with the groom. And I was like, golf with the groom? And all the other guys are like, oh, oh, outstanding. And I'm sitting there going, I cut a golf course. I don't want to play golf. And so I was looking for my moment when I knew I would be excused. 
I knew I, there, there had to be a moment I could say something where they would all just go, I hope he doesn't show up. Because if the disciples are here, I'm Peter. I'm the big mouth that says stuff, and they all go, oh, gosh. So I'm waiting for that moment. And the mom gets up, and she's like, it's going to start about 8. We'll have a light breakfast for you. And I was like, okay, that's the first no. I ain't doing nothing light when it comes to food. But we're going to have a light breakfast for you, and then you'll tee off. Now, don't forget, you've got to wear a collared shirt. And I was like, ding. <laughs> there it is. Is that like a turnip green shirt? <laughs> Collared turnip green. The whole place just did what you did. They're like, now all the rednecks are going, ha, ha, that boy, turnip green shirt. And I was like, hey, Kenny, uh, you can sleep in. That'll be fine. You can sleep in. But it was social. It was a social thing. And so when we're thinking about how does Kenny get twisted into this, that's not what we're thinking about. When we think about the social aspect of our life, where does God fit into that? Because God is not created to sit in a box that's on a Wednesday night. He's not created to be just when church is. Understand that if we say the word church, the world looks at church as a building. So when you say, I need you to come to church, I want you to come to church, I'm coming to pick you up to take you to church. The mindset of the world is I'm taking you to a building where people worship corporately. Where they come together with like-minded believers in faith. Where they worship, where they study, where they learn, where they fellowship. And yes, that's 100% true. But we understand that the church is meant for not just inside this building. It's meant to go outside. We, as the body of believers, are the church. It says that Christ would die for the church. He's not dying for a building. He's dying for us. He died for us. So when we look at socially, people in the church, we're thinking about where we take church to. And that's something God's really convicted me over because I desire to have this place full every time we meet. And it's not so I can pat myself on the back, not so I can pat you on the back. It's because I believe God has a message for us to hear when we gather together. But a lot of times, God is saying, no, I, I need you to take that message to them. And there are so many people that I've run into when I talk to them about their faith story. I'll say, when did it happen? And they will say, I was here at so-and-so's house. I was there. And I was like, wait, you weren't in church? Nope. Because what I want you to understand is that when you read the Bible, when Christ talked about salvation, it was, y'all be sure to come Sunday and I'm going to teach you how to get saved. He did it on the spot. So there's obviously a place for God in our social lives. But the question is, is how much God do we put in our social life? And I want you to understand that this is not a call for you to stand in front of the doors of your school and every time someone comes up, just scream, you got to turn and you're going to burn. No, that's, no, that's not going to work. That's like, hey, I've got to give you a shot. I'm going to stab you with a piece of metal and squeeze stuff into your leg. No, you say, I got to give you a shot. You, you do it in ways that they're not going to freak out. Same thing with God. Hey, did you know that God is amazing? And if you don't love him, you'll burn in hell forever. That's, How do you approach people about God in your life? The social part of your life. We understand that social things happen built into relationships. It starts in our classrooms. That's where so many for years, so many relationships have begun is in classrooms. And then that turns into social events where it develops into a friendship, into a relationship. And one of the most beautiful things God gives us is relationships. The opportunity to sit down and spend time with people. So what does it look like to put faith, to put Christ, to insert God into your relationships? It's much more than just come to church. And the thing that I've noticed over the past year that, that has really touched my heart 
is the greatest relationships I see are relationships that encourage each other and encourage Christ into their lives. Uh, I'm just going to read a passage of Scripture to you real quick. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, Now, brothers, about the time and days we do not need to write you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness so that this day should not surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. You do not belong to the night, nor do you belong to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on the faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through, through, through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. That passage gives us instructions with an understanding that we are part of the light. It says that you are part, you were born to the day. You were born to the light. We understand that light, when we see light in the Bible, it, most of the time it's going to be reference to God. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And then we read on the wall over here that in, in God, God is light and in Him there's no darkness at all. So we see that when He said, let there be light, He said, let there be God. So from the very beginning, when light began, that's a demonstration of what God is. So if you're born into Christ, if you are a follower of Christ, there is a light inside of you that must shine. And it's not one of these things where you can flip the switch and turn it off or on. If you are committed to God, your light's going to shine. And he says that light's not just to shine for you to sit there. He says there are those around you that are in darkness, that are asleep. And when it says that, it means they're dead to their faith. They have no idea what God's about. But when they see that light in you, there's something that attracts them to that. And it's not because of who you are. It's because of what God is in you. And that's how you insert your faith into your relationships. That's how your faith becomes a social thing. It's more than just posting a picture of Scripture. It's more than just wearing the right T-shirt. It's more than just listening to faith-based music. It's actually doing something with your faith. Having those discussions, avoiding discussions you shouldn't be a part of, not going to places that you shouldn't be. Being that person that's shining a light for others to see. And it's easy for an old man like me to say, and I know that it's so important for you to make sure you're right in the middle of everything. But as everyone's phones died yesterday, you're still alive today. And there are times that you need to set all of that aside you realize the importance of what God wants to do in you, which brings us to our next point, into our private ways. And to me, this is one of the most important parts. When Jessica and I started dating, I knew immediately there was something different about her. I knew that there was something about her that, that was an attraction to me more than just she said, hey, and she didn't throw up when I spoke. I knew that there was something special about her. And as our relationship started to grow, I knew that I loved this woman. 
And as that relationship continued to develop, there were things that I would want to tell her. But a lot of times we were in groups. And there are certain things that you don't say out in front of everyone. I wanted her to know that I loved her. But I wasn't going to stand up in front of the group and go, Hey guys, can I get your attention for a second? Just real quick, Jessica, we've been dating for a while. I love you. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you. And go sit back down. No, 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 no. It ain't none of y'all's business what I want to say to her. So when we would have our private time, when we would sit in her Eagle Talon or the, the rodeo or whatever vehicle you were driving at the time, it got to that place where it was time for me to express my love. And it was when it was just she and I alone that I would tell her my deepest thoughts. It was just when she and I were alone, when I knew that I was going to marry her, that I knelt down in front of her after we watched the movie Titanic, which, by the way, is 19 hours long. Especially when you know you've got to tell her who you really are. And I knelt down in front of her in her mother and father's house and I told her what my life had been. I told her the big mistakes that I had made. And I sat there crying thinking, this is it. She's done with me. It's not something I would share in public. I wouldn't stand up in front of the whole world and go, Jessica, I want you to know what a piece of crap I've been in my life. And praise God, she didn't go get her father's gun and shoot me on the spot. She said, I can't judge you for what you were. I love you for what you are. And I was like, gone, girl. Gone, girl. So it's in those private times that we have special messages that's meant directly for us. This private time that we spend away from the world. And it's one of the things that's the hardest thing for us to do now because we're connected by, by technology. Everywhere we turn, we're connected by technology. But at some point, we have to unplug from the world and we have to pick up a mirror and sit in front of our face to figure out who we are. So, real quick, adults, I need y'all to watch because y'all going to have to kind of count, but just give me an idea. I'm going to start saying days of the week, and if I, if I say the day that you like, we're just going to do the five days uh, during the week. If I say the day you like, I want you to raise your hand. Monday. Okay, that's a zero. You got that one? <laughs> All right. Tuesday. Wednesday. Up high, up high. Cool. Hey, this is Wednesday. Y'all are here. Thursday. How about Friday? All right. So y'all, okay, as a group, do we want to agree that Friday is our day? Majority rules. Friday is our day. Here's where we're getting on this. Here's where we're getting on this. It's your second challenge for the week. The first challenge for the week was that piece of paper you got. For you to study that verse, for you to memorize that verse. Your second challenge for the week. And I'll be honest, as soon as I say this, many of you are going to go... Pfft, pfft. You probably won't do it out loud, but in your mind you're going to... Pfft, pfft. Your challenge for the week is Friday. When you get home, you turn your phone off and leave it turned off until Saturday. Even the adults are going, Kitty, you're stupid. <laughs> Man, you're on crack. That ain't going to happen. It's a challenge. And here's the thing. Some of you just then went, man, he's lost it. <laughs> he is tripping. And some of you are going, well, yeah, I'm totally going to do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yes, Brother Kenny, I love Jesus, and I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm not turning it off. <laughs> 
<laughs> and some of you are going, yeah, Brother Kenny, I'm down, man. I'm totally going to do it, knowing you lying like a rug. <laughs> you like that? It's pretty good, isn't it? Get that tattooed on your, on your leg. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, anyway. Here's the reason for that. Here is the reason for that challenge. And, and I would, I would, man, y'all ain't going to, it would make this old man's day. If y'all come up to me Sunday and go, hey, put my phone down and pick it up Saturday. And it can't be because mama took your phone. <laughs> I was speeding and she took it, so I didn't really have a choice, Brother Kenny. <laughs> no, that's cheating. Don't go speeding so you get your phone took away. Brother Kenny, I was holy because, I mean, I shot someone and in, in jail you can't have your phone. So I didn't have it for the whole weekend. No, 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 no. A serious decision for you to set your phone down. And here's why. At some point, you need to understand how to be by yourself. At some point, I never understood that until we had a child. And there are times that I look at Bear and go, hey, man, just go to your room. He's like, what did I do? Nothing. Just go to your room. What did I not do? Nothing. Just go to your room. <sighs> okay. He'll go to his room. A little while later, we go in there. You good? Yeah. What are you doing? Just reading. <laughs> <laughs> My mom used to do that to me. You didn't have to worry about electronics or anything because we didn't have none. We had a, a record player. <laughs> No, it was before that. And mom would say, Kenny, go to your room. Usually I was in trouble. But when she was sitting in my room, I couldn't do anything. I said, well, what am I going to do in my room? You just sit there. Okay. Well, I ain't got no chair. All I got is a bed. And I mean, I sit on the bed. So it worked out good. But I understand now the importance of just being by yourself at times. As much as I love my family, there are times that I just want to be by myself. I'll go downstairs and figure out some kind of project I need to work on. I will go outside and sit with the dog. And Jessica will be like, you okay? Huh? What you doing? Learning German. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just sit there with the dog. Being by ourselves. Finding those times where you can just close the world off. So what do you do in those times? Kenny, I've never done anything like that. This is crazy talk. Well, let's get crazier. There's some adults in your life that sacrifice a great deal for you to be what you are. What if Friday night you told your friends, hey, I'm going to stay at home tonight. Oh, no. Just entertain the thought. I'm going to stay at home Friday night, except for this Friday night because you're wrestling. Anyway, the next time. You're going to stay at home. And your friends are like, why? What'd you do? Are you in trouble? I just want to spend time with my family. Oh. Spend time with those people that have given up so much for you. Spend time with those people that would love to hear how your day went. Look at your, look at your parents and just go, hey, you want something to drink? Wait, are you going to put poison in it? <laughs> nah. You want a sandwich? Yeah. Spend time with it. Crazy thought. Crazy thought. And I know some of you right now are going, but Kenny, if I did that, my parents would have a heart attack and die. <laughs> Probably not. They might be extremely shocked. But just spend time with them. Alone from the world. We go out to dinner. We're sitting at home. The phones go down so we can talk to each other. And a lot of times it's talking over crunching croutons. But we're spending that time together. And I can look in my son's eye and I can see in his eyes. He's going, oh dear Jesus, let me inhale this meal really quick so I can get out of here. <laughs> I'm done. That was a whole chicken. You just ate bones and all. <laughs> this is great. Gotta go. I understand. I was the same way. Because if you sit down with your parents, you find out how old they are. 
And then you realize the stories that they tell you, you've heard 8,000 times. They'll say, hey, pass me that ketchup bottle. Boy, I never will forget the time that ketchup. You remember that? We stepped on that and it squirted off. Woo, how was the time? Well, son, you should have been there. I know I should have been there. 28 times I should have been there. I get it. <laughs> spend time with them. Even crazier, spend time with your siblings. Carefully. <laughs> if you don't have those, spend some time by yourself. Here, here's a beautiful thing that you need to do. You need to get a piece of paper. You need to go to your room. And you need to sit down and you write words that define who you think you are. And then as you look at that list, you keep pouring over that list and you see, do I like the fact that that would define me? Do I like the fact that this would define me? And if you don't like what you're seeing on that list, make a change in your world so things can change. Finding out who you are. Because here's the thing. At some point, you've got to quit believing what the world says and start believing what your heart says. And as you're sitting there pouring over what you've read, it's a beautiful adjustment to turn that time into time for you and God. And I know you're thinking, boy, what an exciting Friday night. Go listen to my parents' old stories. Go talk to a sibling and not smack them. Go to my room with a piece of paper and write down words. And then do a quiet time. I promise you, it'll be worth it. Because when you're spending that time with God, He's got a beautiful message for you and you alone. And at some point during that message, you might come to a greater understanding of what God is to you, not based off of someone else's definition. We talked about the other day when we were looking at the attributes of God. A lot of times the things that we think God is is because someone else has taught us that. But at some point we have to find out for ourselves. That private time, and which quickly takes us to our spiritual time, our spiritual ways. Spiritually, where are you? What kind of time are you committing to God? How do you commit more time to God? Is it based in the clothes that you wear? Is it based on being in church one day, four days, five days? Is it based on sitting down and having a quiet time? Is it based on going to your prayer closet and sitting down and just praying out to God for your friends and for your family and for your direction? Is, is it based on listening to faith-rocking music that's going to get your mind where it needs to be when you sit down to have a quiet time, sitting down and reading God's Word, meditating over it? Is that what it means to grow in Christ? That's parts. But what I've found is that spiritual growth is kind of like baking a cake. There's a lot of ingredients that go into it. We watched the children's, the kids' baking championship. It's become quickly one of our favorite things because you get to see these little children's hopes and dreams just crushed. <laughs> we sit there and watch it, and there's all these kids going, Yay! You're going home. <laughs> Loser! I can't bake nothing. So, I mean, I love watching that show. But what I found is that if you don't have the right ingredients, it just doesn't work out right. So at some point, we've got to make sure we've got the right ingredients for us to grow in Christ. And the greatest ingredient that we need to grow in Christ is found in commitment to God. I've shared this with several of the athletic groups this week, but I, I was watching a video and they said, this guy walks up to me and he says, hey, I've got a question for you. Are you interested or are you committed to chasing your dreams? And he says, I looked at him very puzzled. He said, no, 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 I want you to do that. Are you interested or are you committed to chasing after your dreams and your desires? And the guy looked at him and says, well, um, um, he said, here's why I asked that. He said, if you're interested in that, you're going to do what's convenient. 
But if you're committed to that, you're going to do whatever it takes. So my question for you is, are you interested in God? Or are you committed to God? Because if you're committed to God, that crazy Friday night that I just talked about will be absolutely nothing to you. If you're committed to God, you'll find a way to get on a mission trip somewhere. If you're committed to God, you'll find a way to sit down with that person that's been on your heart for months and just talk to them about what God is in your life. If you're committed to God, you're going to get attacked like you've never been attacked before by Satan. But in the midst of that turmoil, you'll feel a peace that passes all understanding because God says, you commit to me, I'm going to show off for you. So our third step is to commit. So again, I pose the question, are you interested in God? Are you committed? If we're interested, it's just head. It's just a thought. But if we're committed, it's in our heart. It's the soul of what we are. Where are you? Are you interested or committed? Can you take the third step? Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight and the opportunity just to hang out. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us through our social media. Go to KennyCrossroads.com and you can find all our places where you can get in contact with us. Or feel free to drop by sometime. Meet us at West End Baptist Church, Clanton, Alabama, or drop by on a Wednesday night at Crossroads, which is on the campus of West End Baptist Church. Love to hear from you. Love to just see what you're getting from this. And as always, thank you for being a part of Crossroads.